0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Our scripture reading today is found in Genesis 39, verse 20. Look what it says. It says, and Joseph's master took him, and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison let us pray God I cannot you never said I could you can you always said you would so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight I pray God for that man woman boy girl that's here today that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin that today would be the day they would come to know you in a real and wonderful way. Now, we love you and praise you. Find anything that would distract from what you're wanting to do, God. And God, we pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, the Lamb of Glory. Until you come, we pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to take a few moments and I want to talk to you about when everything goes wrong when everything goes wrong Fred and Martha had been married for over 60 years and the afternoon came that they were setting out in a swing and Fred looked over at Martha and he said Martha you know we've been together a long long time he said you know Martha when our first house burnt to the ground you were right there with me she said yes Fred I I was He said, you know, Martha, when I lost my job down at the mill, you were right there with me. She said, yes, Fred, I I sure was. He said, you know, Martha, when I, I opened up that business and it went belly up and I lost every cent that we had. He said, you know, Martha, you were right there with me. He said, you know, Martha, I remember when I ran for the mayor of our town. I ran for mayor and I got beat by 5,000 votes he said you know Martha you were right there with me he said you know Martha recently I've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and he said Martha you're right there with me he said you know Martha I'm beginning to think that perhaps you're bad luck <laughs> well see folks there are gonna be times in our lives when things are gonna go bad There are going to be times in our lives when things are going to go bad. But we just want to make sure that when they go bad, we don't go with them. We want to make sure when they go bad, we don't go with them. I love what Jerry Falwell said. Jerry Falwell said, from time to time, stars will fall out of your heaven. From time to time, stars will fall out of your heaven and your world will collapse around you. That's true. From time to time, your stars will fall out of heaven and your world will collapse round about you. About a month ago, Barbara and I went to London, England. I'd been but never on an extensive time of study and I went to London England because I primarily wanted to study preachers and I wanted to study Charles Spurgeon see Charles Spurgeon was the first mega church pastor Charles Spurgeon was the prince of preachers he's the most quoted preacher even to this day Charles Haddon Spurgeon I went to his church I went to his grave I just wanted to study the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon preached in 1866. He stood in the Metropolitan Tabernacle Church. Now this is the prince. This is the the first megachurch pastor. And this is what he said. He said, I have to speak to myself today. I shall be endeavoring To encourage those who are distressed and downhearted. I shall be preaching I trust to myself. For I need something to cheer my heart. While I cannot tell, wherefore I do not know. But I have a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. And he said my soul is cast down within me. I feel like I had rather die than live now wait the prince of preachers said I feel like I'd rather die than live all that God have done by me seems to be forgotten and my spirit flags and my courage breaks down I desperately Need your prayers. See, folks, sometimes you hear, name it and claim it. Believe it and receive it. Health and wealth. Blab it and grab it. But I've got a Greek word for that. Baloney. The life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. The life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. See, folks, sometimes, sometimes, when everything goes wrong it's just mundane things it's just mundane sometimes you get a flat tire sometimes you lose your phone sometimes you get stuck in traffic sometimes you have a bad experience at the restaurant I heard about a man that went to a little diner and the waitress came out and she was rather cranky and she said what do you want he said some eggs And a few kind words, she just gave him a snarled look and left. A few moments later, she came back and she slapped the eggs down. And he said, Where are my kind words? She said, Don't eat the eggs. (laughs) Now, look, sometimes it's just mundane, but sometimes. It's monumental. And you start hearing words like terminal. And you start hearing words like affair. And you hear words like divorce. And you hear words like my child has chosen a different lifestyle. Or words like bankruptcy and I've lost it all. And you hear hear words like termination. Sometimes it's mundane. But sometimes in life, you have monumental things that happen. Now, I want to talk to you about a man today that really should get our attention. There's only two men in the entire Word of God that there's not one discrepancy against their character. Only two men. One of those was Daniel, and the other one was Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old. He had aspirations, much like a 17 year old would today. He was excited about life. He had dreams, but I want you to know something. His brothers were very jealous of him. His brothers despised him. How many of you know that many of your greatest hurts in life will come from friends and family? many of your most dire disappointments will come from friends and family there's a prophecy about that in zechariah 13 a prophecy fulfilled in jesus christ where did you get these wounds where did you get these wounds in the house of my friends the bible says the day came that his brother said let's do something let's put him in that pit right over there he'll die in that pit let's put him in that pit but about that time the Ishmaelites came along and one brother spoke up and said I've got a better plan let's not put him in that pit let's sell him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver and they did just that and his daddy made Joseph a coat of many colors. And they tucked that coat off of him. And they said, let's take this coat and dip it in goat's blood. And then we'll take it back to daddy Jacob. And we'll say, your favorite son, look what happened to him. Your prized child, he's no longer alive. And they did just that. And Jacob said, I'll mourn literally till I die. And you know the story. The Ishmaelites later sold him to a guy who was an officer in Pharaoh's kingdom. His name was Potiphar. And he went to work as a slave. He went to work as a servant for Potiphar. And one day, ladies and gentlemen, Potiphar was away from home. And Mrs. Potiphar got eyes for Jojo. She said, I want Jojo. And she went to Jojo. And she grabbed his coat. And Joseph ran. Now understand something he lost his coat but he kept his character he lost his coat but he kept his character I know a lot of them that are keeping their coat but they're losing their character he lost his coat but he kept his character now somebody said wait pastor what do you do well he ran Somebody said, I'll tell you, Pastor, I'm in a difficult situation. I'm in a real tempting situation. And I just got down on my knees and I prayed and said, God, I need you to help me. Sir, you're not strong enough to do that. You don't need to do that. You need to run. You need to run. You need to get yourself away from that situation. Ma'am, you need to get yourself away from that situation. You said, Pastor, where do you get that in the Bible? The Bible says flee fornication. It said run. It said get away from it. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Now look, Potiphar comes back home. I believe she called him Potty. She said, Potty, while you were gone, that servant tried to force himself on me. And Potty said, I tell you what, I believe you, honey. I don't believe him. And the Bible says he went to prison. Now, look, folks, he went to prison for 12 years not because he did anything wrong, but because he did everything right. He didn't go to prison because he did anything wrong. He went to prison because he did everything right. And there's not a bit of doubt in my mind. Listen to me closely. When he was in that prison, Satan whispered in his ear, if there's really a God, what are you doing here? satan whispered in his ear god don't love you if god loved you this wouldn't be happening if god really cared about you this this wouldn't be happening get real there's not even really a god joseph or you wouldn't be experiencing all this now here's the message what do you do pastor when everything goes wrong what do you do when everything goes wrong? Look, if, if you're following with me today, get, get, get out your phone. Get, get out your, uh, get, out, get, get out a pad. Uh, uh, you said I don't have a pen. Well, take your mascara. Listen, write this down. Look here. There's four things that I want to give you. There's four things that I want to give you that you do when everything goes wrong. Because let me tell you something, folks. If you live long enough, everything and everybody that you put your confidence in will fail you. If you live long enough, everything and everybody you put your confidence in will fail you because God wants you ultimately to look to Him. He wants to be the source of your life. Now, now, what do you do, Pastor, when everything goes wrong? Number one, don't demand to understand. Don't demand to understand. What do you? I'm saying, don't you try to figure it all out. You say, well, I'm I'm listening for a voice. Look here, folks. You don't need to listen for a voice. You need to look for a verse. Because you've got to realize something. 95% of everything that God's going to say to you in life, He's going to say to you through the Word of God. You don't need to listen for a voice. You need to look for a verse. Now, Now, let me give you a verse. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10, look at this verse. Who is among you? that fear of the Lord. What what does that mean, Pastor Benny, when it says you fear the Lord? It means an awesome respect, an awesome respect, and an awesome reverence for God. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He that fears the most loves the best. Who is among you that fears the Lord? Wait, this is a person who has an awesome reverence for God. But wait, not only do they fear the Lord, but look. They obey the voice of his servant. Not only does this person fear God, ladies and gentlemen, but this person obeys God. They're doing the next right thing. Now, they, they love God. They fear God they obey God but look what it says but they walk in darkness and have no light so you can fear the Lord obey the Lord love the Lord but yet ladies and gentlemen there'll be times in your life when you will walk in darkness when I was in school I had a lesson and then I got a test but in life I get a test that teaches me a lesson and here's what I've learned folks when we would have the test when I was in school when it came time for the test the teacher was always silent the teacher was always silent so so pastor When you're you're walking in darkness, well, what do you do? Well, go back to the verse. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. What does that mean? It means let him lean into God. When you don't know what to do, ladies and gentlemen, you just lean into God. You trust him. You just lean into him. See, verse 11 says this Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourself about with sparks, and walk in the light of your fire. You're you're trying to work it out yourself, you're trying to handle it yourself. And in the sparks that ye have kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. What's it saying? don't you try to fix it yourself you just lean into God you may not understand but you just lean on the Lord because understand something Joseph was in that prison and ladies and gentlemen all he could see was the prison but God not only saw the prison God saw the palace Joseph saw where he was but God saw where he was going to be all he could see was the prison but God saw the palace and see the Bible says this it says in Isaiah 55 look what it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Here's what I want you to understand, folks. Don't demand to understand. I, I, I read about a young boy that went away to college. He went away to a, 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 a college. And by the way, most of our colleges today are very liberal. Most of our college, colleges today don't want to educate they want to indoctrinate. They, they, they literally say, well, no, we've just got to be tolerant of everybody. We just, we've just got to be tolerant, and we just got to be open-minded concerning everything. And folks, we've become so open-minded that our brains have fallen out. And our children go to college and they go off to school and we get them questioning everything. We get them questioning their, their, their sexual identity. We, we get them questioning creation. We get them questioning everything because the philosophy is not to educate the children, but it's to indoctrinate the children and get them with a socialistic mindset. And he went away to a liberal school and he came back home and he said, Dad. They walked out in the front yard he said dad I've just got I just question this creationism he said look dad we're standing under that large oak tree and it's got those massive limbs but it only produces small little acorns but he said dad we could go in the backyard and you're growing pumpkins and those little old measly vines are producing these massive pumpkins he said dad it doesn't make sense and about that time an acorn fell from the tree and it hit him on the head. And his daddy said, aren't you glad it wasn't a pumpkin? All <laughs> oh, folks, don't demand to understand. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all that she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and not a word said she, but all oh, the wiser I was when sorrow walked with me. Look here. Pastor, I'm going through a tough time. Don't demand to understand number two don't fail to be faithful now now get this Joseph's in prison but what does he do when he's down in the prison well let's look the Bible says but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did whatsoever they did there he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did the Lord made to prosper. You said pastor what he do? He was in prison but he served. See Great doors of opportunity hang on the small hinges of obedience. (laughs) Great doors of opportunity hang on the small hinges of obedience. You know, I've had people say, Pastor, my mate has left me and I didn't want it. What advice would you give me? You just honor God. And God will honor you. You just honor God. And God will honor you. You just keep praying. You just keep serving. You just keep reading your Bible. You keep coming to church. You know, there's a, there's a little boutique where Barbara and I do a lot of shopping at. I think the name of it's Walmart. <laughs> and it's amazing. Sometimes when I'm in Walmart, I'll see people almost hiding from me. Oh, I can tell when they don't want to bump into me. But uh, when, I, when I see they don't want to bump into me, I'll almost run them down. And literally, they'll, they'll always say this, Pastor, I know you've not seen me down to the church. But I've got, I've had a lot of problems. I don't mean this, folks, but do you ever think about what an oxymoron that is? Look here, folks. If you're having problems, you don't need less Bible. You don't need less prayer. You don't need less church. You don't need less preaching. You need more when you're going through a difficult time. Don't fail. Don't fail to be faithful. When Barbara and I was in England, I said, Barbara, I also want to go to John Wesley's church. I want to go and I want to stand in John Wesley's pulpit and Barbara, I want to to go to John Wesley's grave. I want want to be there in his church. I want to go to his home, Barbara, because he had a little bedroom. John Wesley was only about five foot eight. And right off his bedroom, he had a place where he would pray every morning. And I said, Barbara, I want to go there and I want to kneel down and pray where the great John Wesley, where the great John Wesley knelt down and prayed. And folks, sometimes when I'm going through a tough time in my life, I'll pull a page from John Wesley's diary. Here's a page from John Wesley's diary. Sunday a.m. May the 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m. May the 5th, preached at St. John's, deacons said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m. May the 12th, preached in St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday a.m. May the 19th, preached at St. somebody else's, deacons called a special meeting, meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May the 19th, I preached on the street corner, and I was kicked off the street. Sunday a.m. May the 26th, I preached in a meadow, chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday a.m. June the 2nd, I preached out at the edge of town, and I was kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m. June the 2nd, I preached in a cow pasture and 10,000 people came to hear me. 10,000 people. What am I saying? Don't fail to be faithful, even though you're going through a hard time. Let me me tell you the third thing, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Don't bow to bitterness. Don't bow to bitterness. See, Joseph gets in the prison and he realizes the Pharaoh's butler and baker are also in the prison. And Joseph has the ability to interpret dreams. And the butler said, I've had a dream. Will you interpret it? He said, I sure will. He said, Now, what's the interpretation of my dream? He said, I'll tell you what it is. In three days, you're out of here. You're back. You're out of this prison. You're going to be back as the butler. For the Pharaoh of Egypt. And Joseph said, By the way, when that happens, I need your help. And this is what I want you to do. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. Now look, folks, if it had been me, I would have said, Butler, you tell Pharaoh that those rotten brothers of mine from Reuben on down, from Reuben on down, put me in a pit I had done nothing and those brothers sold me for 20 pieces of silver I ended up in the house of Potiphar I ended up and that that hussy that he lives with <laughs> listen she falsely accused me Well, I wouldn't take her to a dogfight, fight even if I thought she could win there's no way I would go with that woman She falsely accused me. I wouldn't look at that woman. And then when he came in, I tried to be honest, but he believed that hussy more than me. And because of that, I'm in this prison. You know why I would have said that, folks? Because I would have been bitter. But you didn't hear that from Joseph because he didn't bow to bitterness. Because Joseph understood that bitterness does more damage to the container in which it's stored than the object on which it's poured and he made up his mind I'm not going to bow to bitterness and look folks when he didn't bow to bitterness God did something God gave him some sons look what the Bible says And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh For God said he had made me to forget all my toil And all my father's house wait He said, I'm going to name that boy Manasseh. That means forgetfulness. That means forgiveness. That means that everything that went on with my brothers, I'm going to forgive. He said, so I'm going to name that first boy. (laughs) I'm going to name him Manasseh. But he said, wait, God didn't just give me one. God gave me a second one. And I named him Ephraim because the word Ephraim means fruitful. And what he understood, until you forgive, you can't be fruitful. (laughs) Until you forgive, you can't be fruitful. That's why Manasseh comes first and Ephraim comes second. Because unless you let go and let God, God can't really bless you like he wants to bless you. Unless you let go. Folks, I'm preaching. Unless you let go and you let God. Now let me let me let let me tell you the last and I'm done. Don't miss the sovereignty. Don't miss the sovereignty. See, it's God's sovereignty that helps me keep my sanity. My heart may twist and turn, my heart may throb and ache, but it's in my soul, I'm glad I know. My God makes no mistake. And that preacher that I told you about, Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon said, God's too loving to be unkind. He's too wise to be mistaken. And when we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart. Jacob dies, and the brothers say, oh, no. Joseph's going to kill us. And you Bible readers know this. Joseph became the second most powerful man in Egypt Well, he was the secretary of agriculture He was over all the food supply And there was only one problem. There was a famine of seven years And those brothers come up and they say Oh Joseph You're gonna kill us now He said no guys You put me in that pit You did me wrong. You sold me for 20 pieces of silver. But I became the second most powerful man in Egypt. And I was able to provide food for all of us. God sent me ahead or we would have all starved to death. And then he said this, this is so good folks and I'm done. But he said in Genesis 50 verse 20. What you guys meant for evil, God meant for good. What you guys meant for evil, oh folks, God meant for good. You say, Pastor, can you give me a parallel of that in, in the New Testament? Yes, I can. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that God works all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Let me tell you, I had a wonderful weekend last weekend. I went back to my hometown. I saw people that I hadn't seen in 40 years. I preached at the first church on Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, when I was a little boy, I would every once in a while, go down to a theater called the Park Theater. Sunday night, they rented out the Park Theater for me to preach in. You said, Pastor Benny, what happened? Listen, back in my hometown, first time to go back and preach, over a hundred people prayed to receive Christ as their savior. Anybody that knows my story knows it's as dysfunctional as can be. But I looked down to the front row and I saw my mother. And I said, thank you mama for having me. When the man that you was with wanted you to not have me, to abort me. Thank you for having me, mama. And I said, mama, we went through a lot of heartaches. But look around you, mama. Look around you. What the enemy meant for evil, God is used for good. Can we praise him? Can we just praise him? He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the honor. He's worthy of all the glory. Because what the enemy means for him, he means for evil. God turns around, ladies and gentlemen, and God uses for good. You say, Pastor, I'm going through a tough time. Don't you demand to understand. You just keep, you just keep being faithful. Don't you bow to bitterness. And you just trust the sovereignty of God. Everybody stand to our feet. Everybody's standing. All over the house, we're standing to our feet. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.